sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of the Betting Edge podcast. It's another Betting 101 episode and this time we're talking about motorsport. NASCAR and F1 are the two we're going to be hitting today. So we brought in an expert. We brought in the NASCAR man himself, Tino Patino. You can see if you're watching the big NASCAR thing behind him there. He's got the gold jacket on. It's beautiful. <laughs> and we're talking about your favorite thing here, Tino. How you doing, man? Doing great. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's an exciting week overall, and it's always exciting to bet motorsports. So we got to make sure we tell the people how to do it correctly. Super excited for this one. Definitely got to make sure you do it correctly and with your brain because it's easy to lose money in motorsport betting if you don't know what you're doing. We are joined by my co-host, as always, the guy who helps us not lose money, the gambling expert, (laughs) the prognosticator of the point spread, the oracle of the over-under, Samir Mergy. Moneyline Mergy, what's up, my man? How are you doing? And how are you, how much are you looking forward to talking about motorsport, man? <laughs> I'll be honest yeah. with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a huge motorsport fan. However, I am excited to talk about it with you two because every single time I seem to discuss this sport with you guys, you guys just draw me in closer to it. You guys get me interested in the race. You guys get me hyped up with you guys uh, because I learned so much, but not only that, um it, it sounds so promising uh it sounds so promising to watch the way you guys descri- describe it seeing the passion you guys have for this sport um that's what kind of gets me going and gets me excited and, and makes me want to place bets on something like this uh because outside of uh you guys really i don't know anyone who's that much into motor sports i don't really know many people who are watching it i live in toronto so nascar is not a big thing over here <laughs> Uh, and then F1, even, it happens in Montreal in Canada. It doesn't happen in Toronto. Growing up, I didn't know anyone who was watching these sports. Um, and I've just learned about, started learning about it recently. And I'm excited to learn about it more as, as time goes on. I think that's a lot of people. Honestly, like, I think you are in a majority of people. And that's kind of why we're doing this. One of the reasons we keep doing these episodes, because it's growing. Motorsport is one of the fastest growing sports in the world, period. Uh, many thanks to like documentaries such as Drive to Survive and um, just the popularity of athletes in general has started to bring these guys to the forefront. Uh, their personalities are coming out on social media and all those things. And uh, a lot of people, a lot of people are new to motor racing, but a lot of people are going to find themselves getting drawn in to the excitement. It's really high octane. It is like a nat. It's almost like fighting is one of those things that like naturally lead like gives us that like human edge that a lot of people look for and motorsport has similar factors it's i would say the same factors man like racing like of course fighting uh it's been around since a lot longer than racing quote unquote but not really like people raced in different i don't know if that's true uh different forms of racing since the beginning of time as well right like people have ran uh when they're racing each other as soon as cars were created I think the first person who created a car, I think I've read that somewhere that he raced with the second person who created a car. Like it's literally <laughs> been around since the beginning of time. And like, even all of us, like I'm sure every single one of us here, every single person listening has done at least a small race on the streets, like driving their car. If you have a license, right? Like not like one of those high stakes races where you're turning around. I'm not going to admit like, to that. I'm not going to say, bro, me. no comments, <laughs> silence here. I'm not saying anything. But I'm being honest, like for like straight up, Sometimes someone pulls up next to you when you're driving and they're kind of like, you know, revving their engine a bit. So Let's go, racing bro. is in you our ready? blood. Let's it go. gets, yeah, exactly. It gets everyone's kind of uh, juices flowing and the blood flowing. Um, and and I, it's totally understandable why it's so big. And that's what makes it fun to watch as someone who doesn't watch it that often. Um, gets me excited, get, brings me back to those days when I was a little younger and my friends would be a little bit more reckless on the streets. 
yes little it's definitely a niche sport too right like it's you were mentioning how you know you weren't that exposed to it growing up and things like that and and we're teaching about it now and that's awesome because it's like for me this same thing can be said i grew up in new york and living on long island right now and i like i could count the amount of nascar fans in my school in my (laughs) high school and even in college right so it's like you know things like that i'm the only one talking about it we're living up in the in the northeast like that stuff only happens in the south um in terms of what i grew up with like no one was talking about it so to me it's been awesome to really expose more people to the sport and not just nascar f1 too you know you mentioned drive to survive that's like that was pivotal for i feel like the sport and yeah. it's also really uh, – I found it's cool to, to talk about whether or not it is or isn't a sport as well because you have those people that, you know, aren't as open to watching motorsports. They're like, okay, why should I watch a guy drive around in circles? And that's completely fair. But there's so many things that go into uh, driving a race car, the downforce and the G-forces in the car and, and, and what it takes to build the car. Uh, so to me, all that stuff's super interesting, and hopefully people find that's interesting as well when they listen to this. Uh, on that, uh, about it being I... a sport, I like that because, like, these athletes, man, that that's what it comes down to for me. And, like, just a quick touch on that is are they athletes? Are they not athletes? The answer is that they come out losing tons of weight. They're sweating. They're drenched. It's a full-body activity driving these ro- race cars. It isn't just, like, sitting there, like, dicking around <laughs> at, like – 40 miles or kilometers per hour on the road these guys are full like every you have to use all of your muscle and your power to move these vehicles and like these are serious athletes and if you have serious athletes competing that's a sport as far as i'm concerned but i do see like it's not entirely the same traditional like sporting Landscape. right there's no there's no sticker ball right you're not you're not yeah. catching a ball, throwing a ball seeing a ball anywhere but think about this too because I, I this is a question i've asked and I, I have two nascar drivers themselves in person you know like like to people that say nascar is on sport what would you say and they say it's like a three to four hour workout at high intensity no breaks and and which makes sense because there's in racing yeah maybe you have a caution flag or or a pause but or you're still in that hot car like the average temperature inside of an f1 car or an nascar stock car or any type of motorsports really is insane i'm gonna yeah. actually i'm gonna get that stat for you guys right now the average temperature inside the car do you want to put out a guesses how hot do you think it is inside we'll go with a nascar stock car right here okay so well, we're, here's the we're, thing. Gonna we're gonna Celsius. we're about we're gonna have to, no, no, i'm pulling up i'm pulling up a converter <laughs> celsius to fahrenheit I'm thinking like maybe 25, 26 degrees Celsius, which is 78, 79 degrees Fahrenheit. That's I'm going to go like a little that. bit higher. I know it might be crazy if it goes a lot higher than that, but I'm just going to guess at like 81 Fahrenheit. Okay, okay. so Mergy wins by default by being closest but the answer is uh in terms of like the early season 120 to 130 degrees and in the summer you get as high as 160 to 180 degrees inside of that car 71 degrees celsius (laughs) 71 you can't even live in that (laughs) (laughs) that is insane yeah uh, i i think everyone is silly who or anyone who is silly who thinks that it's not it doesn't take uh, any athletic skill um, or anyone who tries to say motorsports are not a sport. Not only just the temperature you're talking about, not only the sweating and the amount of physical exertion that you have to put in uh, as a driver, but the intensity of it all, the competition of it all. It is completely a sport. It's people. It's not only individuals. It's teams going against each other. Um, so it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely a sport in my eyes, and I think anyone who thinks who says otherwise is crazy. It's actually Mady and I were just talking about this when we were talking about F1 before. Um, a big part about these motorsports is is not the not just the driver, right? Like the driver is the face of it, sure, and the and the person who's driving the car. But there's so many parts of his team um, that are moving around that like while the race is going on that are making sure he's as successful as he can be. 
For example, the people that are talking to him through the headset or the people at the pit stop or the actual engineers themselves. And that's what makes the sport or motorsport racing in general so much more exciting than people realize because there's so many moving parts. There's so many, so much knowledge uh, and work and research put into every single week. It's not like they build a car in the beginning of the season and then just let it ride the whole way. Every single <laughs> no. week they're tuning it. Uh, every yep. single week they're finding out different ways. Oh, Mercedes uh, are redesigning their car mid-season. Yeah. And that's <laughs> yeah. what makes like this competition an actual competition. And that's something that draws, I guess, uh, someone like me who hasn't known it as much and, and viewed it as such a niche sport. That's what draws us in a little bit where it's like you can see uh, the exact same results come from very different processes. And uh, and doing that is, is is interesting in any aspect of life. So imagine imagine coming down to racing cars, which ninety percent of us drive anyways. Like we drive all these cars ourselves. <laughs> of course, they're normal cars, not like racing cars. <laughs> um, but you kind of get the gist of like how it would feel to like race a little bit when you're driving at like one hundred and forty kilometers on the highway or something like that, right? Uh, so. So yeah, so as an outside outsider, that's that's what I have to say, really. Like people are silly and stupid if they try to like downplay the amount of effort and work and how athletic it actually takes to be successful in this sport. Absolutely, Definitely. it's um, and it's, you can uh, bet on it too. Which is what we're here for. Um, and the last note on that, I would like to point out just to uh. Just this is a completely just random note that I always like to point out, and I want to ask you guys. Um, do you guys know how much the guy who holds the lollipop makes yearly in a formula in Formula One? The guy who makes who holds the U.S. dollars, the guy who holds the lollipop that lifts it up at the end of the at the end of the pit stop. Take a guess. Wow! Wow! Yearly, yearly. Jeez, oh, they're on What's a salary. Not... They're on a salary. Mm. Formula One is is the most expensive motorsport. Like that's yes. for sure. It's so... the most, but also got remember the skill level of the job. So like, don't like, <laughs> it, it's not. It it's all it's always. So I'll, let me give you a let me give you a yeah. Let me give you a, a little bit of context. The crew okay. chief makes a million dollars. The guy who holds the fire extinguisher makes thirty thousand year round, and okay. he does, he's mm. only his only job is to stand there and hold a fire extinguisher if it's needed. So. Lollipop man, where does he fit? He's pretty important. I will he's say, really, I think he's, he's more, important. <laughs> yeah, I okay. So this is how I'm gonna break this one down. He's more important than the fire extinguisher guy, just yeah. because he'll see more action. I think. Correct. I hope you know normally. Uh, and is then he as important as the jack guy who jacks the car up? Honestly, you wouldn't think so, but like. But that's what, what about like, the guys who that? hold the wings and reattach oh, the wings man. or the stabilizers? Like, where does he fit in this? There's really important fit? jobs here. They, they are all <laughs> these, all they and they all play a role. Like, if you can't have one guy without the other. Like, the, yeah. the Jackman is non existent if the guy holding holding the lollipop doesn't put it down so the guy knows when to stop <laughs> by the pit stall, right? Yeah. Um, so my final answer here with all things considered is gonna be. Lollipop man makes $65,000 a year. Okay, Mergy, what's your guess? I was going to guess around the same thing because I'm like, he's probably more more important than the fire extinguisher man. <laughs> he is. Um, and then being involved in such a crucial part of the race, uh, that's kind of the risk factor that goes into his pay. So like... Give me like eighty grand a year. Mm. He makes seventy grand a year. Wow. The lollipop Wait, man makes seventy. Yep, around okay. the world. That makes sense. Travels makes the sense. world, all expenses paid. He makes seventy grand a year. It sounds like a wonderful job, honestly. Like a well, wonderful job. Except for the part you could also get hit by the car. I didn't even <laughs> yeah. think about that. That, oh, that part is true, but hopefully the lollipop is like slightly long, and you can get a little bit out of the way. But either way. All right, I always like to ask that because I always find it absurd the salaries of these Formula One guys uh, who like these uh, car changers. Uh, are a lot of them crazy. are a lot of them like um, aspiring drivers, uh, aspiring engineers, like, aspiring, aspiring engineers. engineers trying to be in the team. So like this Correct. is like the 
the ropes. You have to learn the ropes. Yes. Yes. The refueling guy makes 350 grand a year. Holy the tire shit. changers each make 350 grand. That's four of them. And the tire carriers, which is another four, uh, <laughs> actually eight, eight. Cause you have four bringing in and four taking. No, I think it's four actually, uh, on that. Those guys make 270 grand. So either way, formula one exorbitant let's, um, move into our own money. So we have, um, we have to figure out a way to bet on this season, this formula one season. And I can tell you guys right now that it's not that easy. Max Verstappen's car is so good. And Red Bull are so far ahead of the chasing pack that there has to be alternate ways of betting on this. So usually in Formula One, what you can do is pick a couple winners in a race, pick a couple guys for top three, um, and then maybe pick want someone to finish, finish in the points. Generally, like those are things you want to do. Team of winning driver is also a good pick. You have half of those things are off the board. You can't take them. Red Bull are dominating. So there needs to be alternate ways. Um, Tino, what what do you think sort of is the best, one of the best ways you can go about it this season? And uh, how would you be doing it? Well, first off, I think, you know, the main thing is to recognize where this, like what's happening, right? So it's like Verstappen is so clearly out in front of everyone else. Like you mentioned, that's step one realizing that i think step one okay before i even check out the odds just knowing how good he is how dominant mm -hmm. he is and now okay so that's step one step two is let's see what we got on the table and i'm looking at it right now on FanDuel for the australian grand prix and verstappen's minus 260 out, outright <laughs> just to win that one i'm not touching that <laughs> I, I, like and you know he he probably will win it so that step two is like you know seeing what else is out there and I think then it comes down to probably what I would say for me would be podium finishes, podium finishers would be, okay, who do I think I, I know Verstappen is probably going to win the race, but who can get inside the top three and, and they could be a driver. That's not always there. Um, or just someone trusty that, that can, you know, maybe like a Perez that, that, you know, for sure, um, will be right there behind Verstappen that to me, I think that's probably the best route you can go, uh, and then there's also team of winning driver, but like Red Bull's. Oh my god! Yeah, that's like, a that's a that's some terrible odds right there. Terrible. <laughs> I think it's like, like my, what is it minus fifteen hundred? Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Minus fifteen hundred because you have the guy that won last week and the guy that's been dominant all dominating all year, right? Okay. So um, it gets let's tricky. I really was, besides that, yeah. Let's say this was a normal season. How do you or even let's look at NASCAR? How do you? How do you generally bet on motorsport? Like, what are some of the things you try and do? And is Formula One different to the way you bet on the way you bet on Formula One and NASCAR? Is that different? Yeah, it's definitely different. NASCAR, you have 20 drivers that could win each week, like for sure. Yeah. Um, like wow. it, there, you have your favorites, right? So for this week, Kyle Larson, six to one uh, to win. He's a favorite. You have your and they're actually racing on a road course as well. So you have your road course drivers that could get it done and that normally don't get it done on the ovals, right? They're just more experienced. That fits their driving style better, whatever the yeah. case may be. Let's say I take five drivers who I think are going to win this week just because we're racing on a road course. Well, then you also have five drivers that could win this week because they're the best drivers in the sport right now. Right? So the, maybe mm -hmm. they won the week prior, maybe they won this race last year and they weren't the best road course guy. Uh, those are all things that have happened. So right now you put them together, you have 10 drivers, who can go out there and actually get the win. Whereas you see in F1, that's just not the case at all. You'll be lucky to have two, <laughs> two, <laughs> exactly. two picks to win that week, right? So yeah. to go to continue and to build off that, um, okay, let's say we have these 10 drivers that I want to bet on. How do I determine, how do I break it down you know, to five picks and then smaller and smaller? Well, you can look at practice and qualifying speeds. I think that's the biggest thing is you can see the drivers that have their value out there early in the week. And sometimes you can get lucky. Like for instance, find a guy that's 25 to one because the books don't know that much about him. It's, it's such a niche sport. Sometimes you can get lucky with some value in NASCAR and then, okay. For instance, if he's 25 to one to start the week, he gets on pole and, and wins in qualifying with the fastest time. He's probably going to go down 
to 10 to 1, 8 to 1 at that point. And if that's a trend you can recognize early on throughout the season, it's something you can capitalize on. But for some more of the casual NASCAR and motorsports bettors, you're probably not going to recognize that. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. The easiest thing to do is to just look at the practice and qualifying speeds. Look at the cars that are the fastest. Not that much is going to change from practice and qualifying to the race. If you're, okay. The only thing that adds in is the extra cars, right? That are you're now racing around. But if you have a fast car in practice, you'll have a fast car during the race. And by and then at that point, I would say, um, look at those five guys or five to ten drivers who you think could win, and then bet top ten, bet you know top three finish. If you really are are looking at the trends and okay, this guy won here last year. This guy has five top tens in this track. Things like that. Um, that, you know, Tino Patino will provide for you, right? And <laughs> those kind of stats. Uh, then at that point, you, you would probably feel comfortable enough to bet the outright winners in NASCAR. Okay. So one thing good. I want to ask both of you guys, because uh, we have an F1 perspective from Mayday, and then we have like more of a NASCAR, both perspective from you, Tino, but more of a NASCAR perspective. Yeah, yeah. Um, the difference between the two qualifiers. Uh, so does you mentioned how qualifying uh, will reflect well on how the NASCAR race is going to go down. Is that necessarily the same case when it comes to F1? Because me as a mutual here, they're on at two different times in the day. There's a chance that I'm betting on both in the same day, right? We got F1 usually in the morning and then NASCAR happening in the afternoon or evening time over here in North America. So... Um, that being said, like I want, I'm probably going to be betting on both. I'm a neutral here. Should I, how much stock should I put into these qualifying? Uh, it seems like from your answer, Tino, like the qualifying really does have an effect on how the race is going to end up. But then on the side of F1, I know last race, for example, Max Verstappen was like 15th on the grid, ended up coming all the way back to second. Um, so like in that case, the qualifying didn't matter as much. Is it a case by case scenario? Like you guys, is determined on the on the racetrack, which is also something we didn't mention before that makes the sport so different and interesting. Like it, it changes based on the location. Um, is it is it does it depend on the racetrack usually, or is it dependent on the on the, the what's going on in the league? Like in terms of how we know Red Bull's dominating right now, so it's just like obviously it doesn't matter if he's last place to start the race, he's going to end up near the top three. Or is it different with NASCAR, different with F1? This is the thing. It depends on the year. For I, I'll give you my F1 perspective on it first. It depends on the year. Um, this this year in particular, um, qualifying is like Max. There's a couple. As far as what Red Bull do in qualifying, you don't need to be concerned about it. As far as what everyone else does in qualifying, yes, you should be concerned about it because in okay. a regular Formula One season, qualifying is the biggest factor to determining how a race comes out overtaking in formula one is difficult that it like always has been that is the purpose of the sport the cars are now built so that it's slightly easier they're a little more narrow they have a little bit more room for overtaking but it's tough unless you have an insane standout like max verstappen which is why you saw him qualify in 15th last year uh, last race sorry and yeah. literally finish second um so it kind of you bring up an interesting point about the tracks because qualifying basically can determine the exact race order sometimes in Formula One. Certain tracks are street tracks and they are so narrow that it makes overtaking like you get maybe five in a race, five or six in a whole race. Wow. Okay. And qualifying, having the fastest car in qualifying having the fastest car in practice the day before likely means you're going to directly finish with more points on the race day. So as far as putting stock into practice, this is what I was, what I'm trying to circle to here is um, putting your bets down early in the week in formula one and in NASCAR can like sometimes be a play. If you like, like, if you want to catch the favorite, like in Formula One, for example, if you want to catch Max Verstappen super early in a week, you might get him at somewhat okay odds. Outside of that, honestly, like you're shooting in the dark if you don't wait until qualifying or practice. It's not just should you put stock in it, it's maybe 
75% of what you should take into account because like a lot of things about a lot of things about just who the racers are like rely entirely on the track conditions, the car, the weather. And like, there's a lot of, that's the most important factor. I don't know what it's like in NASCAR. That's really interesting. Like, does it work the same in NASCAR? It's a little different, honestly, but I, but I think the variables that you mentioned do translate over like the track temperature. Um, let's say someone gets a, you know, uh, Verstappen got a grid penalty last week. Right. So that's why he did start 15. Um, but it still mattered, obviously like he, or kind of because he got 15th had to drive all the way up ultimately in the end might have not mattered maybe a difference between first and second but it was yeah yeah right so but in nascar it it get it 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 is different because when you go to different tracks qualifying matters more or less so for instance last week um, Joey Logano is the driver who started on the pole and he had the fastest car uh, and you know but I really didn't think he was going to drive away from the field because they're at a track that was called a super speedway so that means everyone's racing very closely and tightly together all throughout the race and if they're not doing that they're single file just trying to stay out of trouble um, but normally towards the end things get really dicey at those types of tracks there's it's the fastest tracks so you get two to three wide passing all of it. So I really didn't think that with Joey Logano winning the pole, it would benefit him that much. But it ultimately did. He went out, got the pole, and with what you get in NASCAR from the pole position, I'm not sure if it works the same in F1, uh, is the primary pit stall. So it's the last pit stall on pit road. So that means you drive all the way down, and you you can afford to have a mistake because you're the first stall. So all the other drivers who are, you know, spread out throughout the pit lane have to drive a certain point get out whatever this guy just has to go to the first stall and easy to beat everyone to be the last car out so the first car out rather so in terms of that i think that's a huge benefit that nascar has to winning the pole and being the fastest car in qualifying and then with certain tracks it matters as well so i mentioned the super speedway track but for instance this week we're at a road course if the if it's a long green flag run and there's not many cautions where drivers are getting back to restart the guy who starts on pole or even inside the top three can get the lead in one corner and just pull away for pretty much the entire race. If it's a long run, sometimes it is as hard to pass in NASCAR as it is in F1. Um, NASCAR is definitely easier. I will say that there's just more cars and, you know, normally uh, less turns <laughs> because they're not <laughs> normally racing on road courses. But yeah. it, it, I think that's the terms of, it depends on what track you're racing at. If it's a road course, it matters a significant amount. If it's on a super speedway, it normally doesn't matter. But if it's on a short oval track, um, I think that's probably the least amount that it matters because there are certain drivers that could put up a good run in qualifying, but you know they don't have the long run speed and they'll drift back throughout the race. So not only does it matter based off the track and where you're, where you're performing, um, but what I'm gathering is in both sports and probably... This is probably true across almost all motorsports that have a qualifying, uh, that the qualifying day is just as, if not more important, like sometimes it's more important, um, but it's at the very least just as important as the actual race day, uh, which is very interesting, right? Like usually when we're seeing, I guess, two games, bet- like a game between two teams and like soccer or uh, basketball or whatever, it's really that game that night that matters, not the night after or not the night two two nights later uh but in in motorsports it's like the whole competition is culminated over like a three-day event rather than just one day for the race that everyone kind of puts their stock into the actual race uh but like, actual fans realize that there's so much more going on and pay attention to all aspects of the tournament uh, which is cool that, that, that's what i wanted to get at with the question and, and you guys honestly like proved it it literally is is the proofs in the pudding and I think from the practice standpoint too, it's like, okay, like I'm not going to watch translating into the NBA, right? I'm not going to watch the Knicks practice to be like, yeah. to, to see what I should bet on. Like, and for motorsports, like that's the, the window of opportunity that you're given. And I think that's awesome because like that stuff doesn't, you don't see it translate in other sports, right? Yeah. So yeah, you don't, um, like, you don't. Yeah. The so practice, now you're getting, you're getting doesn't matter that. for us as betters in any of the yeah. sports, right? Because anything could have happened in the practice, but then the practice qualifying motorsports determines the, the race largely. Yeah. 
Exactly. You know what's interesting about practice as well is you can bet on qualifying. So if you watch practice, wow. which a lot of people don't, and a lot of people still bet on qualifying, you have an edge for when you bet on what's going to happen the next day. You've seen how these cars are going to act on this track already. So there's like there's a ton of different ways to make money <clears throat> across motorsport betting. By the way, Tino, uh, your order of finishing last year determines uh, your pit space on F1. Oh wow! Really? So Red Bull have the best pits. Red Bull will have the oh my gosh front stall all year. <laughs> the all, rich just oh. get richer. So then it, yeah, so then they always have that advantage. Every, that's that's every tough. race. Every that's race. insane. Wow, I didn't know that. So because if you had that in NASCAR, that's a huge advantage, and I, I'm sure it obviously is in F1 because you, if the guy has a mistake, he can get it back right there in pit lane just because of the the crucial. Um, I guess, position of the pit stall. Is wow. there a speed at which you have to travel through the pit lane in NASCAR? Yes, there is. So I believe then... at, it does vary at some tracks, but it's normally like 55 miles per hour, which is insane because these yeah, drivers yeah. are normally racing over 100 so miles per hour, like more than that. So the speed at which you, I don't know if it actually makes any difference in Formula One. I'm like thinking about it now. Because I, I think they have the exact same length of time in the pit, like the entire straight of the pit. I think it's exactly the same for every driver. I, mm. I, can't, I can't think of, I don't know how, how does it, I don't know how it would make a difference. Um, maybe I'm just like, maybe it's just like going over my head and I'm not thinking about it. But um, either way, um, so overall, what we've kind of been leaning towards trying to get people to understand here is that formula one and nascar betting have to be treated very differently than regular um sport betting basically because there are so many other factors uh let's talk a little bit about the differences this season in formula one we touched on it a little bit but um it's really important to know that this year the red bull car is so significantly faster than anybody else on the field that you need to find alternate ways of betting on this pack. There is not going to be, you're going to get at the beginning of the week, Max Verstappen at minus 200 to win pretty much every race. Sergio Perez is going to be the next favorite. And that's just basically how it's going to be until someone proves that they can, until another car proves that they can, they can hang with the Red Bull basically. So what I think is important to start doing right now, and uh, this is specifically applying to this season, is looking at markets that include without Red Bull or without Max Verstappen, because those are the only places you're going to find profit right now. For example, you could take the Drivers' Championship winner without Max Verstappen to be Fernando Alonso, for example. That'll get you plus 350. Mm. It's not a sure bet, but it's better than. It's, it's likely that Fernando Alonso could take points off Perez as opposed to taking points off Verstappen. You have, you'll actually find on race days that there will be without Max Verstappen and without Red Bull constructors. And so those are spots to bet Aston Martin, to bet Ferrari, uh, to bet any of the drivers on either of those teams. You need to be really careful um, as to who you're picking to win races, though, outright, because... Just because you see big favorites on people to win races outright after Max Verstappen, like I'm telling you, you do not want to be betting them. You will lose money. This guy won a record number of races last year, is in a faster car. The tracks are the same. Like you're going to lose money. Be careful what you do. That's that. Honestly, there's not a whole lot more else to be said about that. Cause like well, you just need to be careful. What do you, what do you think, Tino? Well, I was just well, going to ask quickly about F1. Yeah, yeah. What about uh, race matchups? Like trying to go mm. between, like, is that also a good, good way to, to find value? Or it's like you just want to avoid picking a winner, but it's like Lewis Hamilton's going to beat George Russell on this race. Or I know that's a bad example. They play for the same the same team. No, that's a great example. No, 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 they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you okay. can pick that. No, no. Okay. You yeah. can also do so season match bets for that. Like if you think George Russell is going to out race Hamilton – it's plus 137 on the season. 
You can bet that. And there's also other props too, like to that point where you can have now. I, now I could be wrong, or this might only be pro, you know, before the season starts. But like you know, over under on wins, right? So like still I, get I see you still get those. So that's awesome. That's definitely something to take advantage of because I mean that I feel like there's value for anyone. Right, because even Verstappen, I'm, I don't know what I don't know what he the can't number win is there. Race. He can't, but he win can't every win every race. race. Or <laughs> you know, it's like he will get over ten wins. So it's like you. There's still. Uh, I think those are more encouraging to bet on, like you mentioned, because it's like it gives you more of a reason to watch too. Because okay, the, if you're betting head to head, if you're betting this guy to get over a win, and then he could in that race. Um, I think those are things that could definitely help take the pain away from Verstappen just dominating <laughs> every week. But one question I did have, you know, as I become more, you know, I, I'm, although, I, you know, I, I know motorsports for sure, but I'm definitely learning more about F1, you know, and things yeah. like that. It, it, and especially with betting too, right? You always want a lock. And if Verstappen right now is minus 410 to win the driver's championship, to me, that's a lock, right? But do I want to throw my entire life savings in there? Like, do you have any reason for me not to just say, all right, I'm going to put the house on there. And then by the end of the year, you know, you're not going to make that much because of minus 410, but you're going to get money from it. That's look, I'll tell you, I'm going to get Mergy to give you the betting side. I'm going to mm. tell you that Max Verstappen is 100% winning the championship. There is no car that compete with compete with him and if it doesn't get sorted if someone doesn't figure it out like in the next three races tino you can be looking at that as like almost money in your pocket already but that number is huge that is a huge number the juice is massive mergy what do you think like it's i know it's a it's a it's an insane number and like it's kind of crazy to even be talking about it but like the certainty is so high like, I see your point, you know, like, it's so like, it's everything stopping me from like, you know, taking a loan out and like throwing it on Max Verstappen because you're going to get free money. But you have to think in these situations, like from a gambling perspective, does the risk outweigh the reward there? And it's like, if you're going to risk, like, let's say, to get any sort of good profit, you're gonna have to put like thousands of dollars, right? And if the risk of losing that thousands of dollars does not outweigh the reward, it's probably not worth it. Like, for example, I know it's not likely um, because how often do people get injured? But if he gets injured, per se, or something happens, a family matter, or something happens where throughout the season he needs to take some time off or he maybe just backs up a bit and doesn't, like, win as many races because of an illness or something. Like, of course, knock on wood, I don't want any of this to happen. It doesn't happen that often in motorsports, of course. But if it does, he wouldn't win that championship, right? Mm-hmm. And then you're sitting there like, shit, like, <laughs> obviously I had Red Bull um, to win. But now I'm now Max versus Red Bull's going to win, but Max is out. And then it's like, shit, the risk definitely didn't outweigh the reward there. So I wouldn't suggest doing something like that on a minus 400, minus 500. However, I like it's taking me every everything to stop myself yeah. from not doing so. All right. Well, for any of you guys watching, hopefully you saw my frozen face uh, come back to your screens. I'm back. I've I've arrived again. Mergy gave an unbelievable answer though, so I'm pretty I'm pretty uh, I'm pretty satisfied with leaving F1 there. Uh, no one, please, nobody put your life savings on Verstappen. That's the like <laughs> consensus here that we've we've come to. Uh, so w- this year we talked about it for Formula One, how you can avoid sort of falling into the Verstappen Red Bull trap. How are you betting on NASCAR this year? And is it different than last year? Is it different than any year? Um, It's definitely, so in terms of being different, I think the one thing that has changed and it's changing for all the drivers is that last year was the first time they had a brand new next-gen car that they were racing with. So looking back to last year, it was a little bit difficult to bet on certain drivers because you don't know how they would perform because you can look at it. So this is a perfect example. I would say um, in 2021, Kyle Larson won 10 races, secured the championship, like one of the most dominating seasons ever in NASCAR. Well, 2022 last season, they give him the new car and he only won three races, no championship actually exited the playoff 
uh, one round earlier than the, the final championship for uh, drivers competing in the championship there. So it was very interesting to see the differences that the drivers faced with the new car. There were a lot of challenges. The certain drivers that did dominate didn't. It was more of a level playing field. So now it's year two in this new car. You can't expect the same exact thing. Like the the better teams, because there are better teams. Um, just to name a few, just to you know let the people know. Hendrick Motorsports, that's a team with Chase Elliott, Kyle Larson, who I just mentioned, William Byron, who won back-to-back races already this year, and Alex Bowman, four drivers in that stable, and they're they're the Red Bull of NASCAR, I would say. Um, okay. They're not nowhere near as dominant, but because uh, Red Bull wins almost every race, and Verstappen's a lot, like all that, but because uh, NASCAR is more of a level playing field, but I would say that's this as close as you can get. Yes. And then there's like, and they're a Chevy group. So then you have, she- so you have three manufacturers, Chevy, Ford, and Toyota. Um, and each manufacturer has a team that goes along with it as the best team. Um, and that's sort of how it's been for the last five years. The best team can change, but Hendrick never has. They've been the best forever. Um, Joe Gibbs Racing is one of them. They have drivers like Denny Hamlin. Used to have Kyle Busch in there. Um, that's a household name, I feel like, you know, whether or not yeah. you know more sports than I uh-huh. yeah. Kyle Busch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but he's actually no longer with it, with that team. So he switched over to Chevy this season and he's racing for Richard Childress Racing. So what's interesting about that is like, that was a team that was like a mid, mid-tier team. Like really lucky if they got one or two uh, wins, they could be in contention at times. But, you know, it would really depend on the driver. And Kyle Busch already went out and won for them this season. So it's it's really – that's how I think NASCAR has changed betting-wise is there's a lot more team switches. Um, Obviously, you know, the way I could describe it is the NASCAR offseason, everyone moves at least, like, one spot. You know, yeah, like – not, ev- really? not everyone okay. in the field. A lot of people always, moves, though. Yeah, 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 a lot of moves, a lot of – and maybe it's just an extension, like, okay, this guy's going to stay here. Um, but that's something that you can consider, too. It's like a driver like Alex Bowman I mentioned mentioned in that Hendrick Motorsports stable. Well, he's the least uh, best driver in, in, that, yeah. in that group. But he got a contract extension. So for someone like him, that's a confidence booster. Like, okay, we – you know. It's obvious that he's not the best. He hasn't won a championship. Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson has. Byron has more wins. But if you put your confidence in a driver like that and back him, I see that as a better. And I say, okay, like they're trying to help Bowman win. Like they're trying to to do whatever they can um, to help him succeed. Because sometimes you can see in NASCAR teams just give up on drivers. Like they just, you know, not, and it's not that clear, but it's like, okay, if, if this guy's racing somewhere else next year, we're not going to put all of our efforts in yeah. to helping him win the championship this year. Um, and it's, that's something that's not said, or it's not really, um, I guess the team you know, will known, never acknowledge but, it. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, blame them. you know, yeah, but you no, know, but you, you know, tell. it happens yeah. sometimes in F1 as well. It, like mm-hmm. it, it just, it does. If it, you know, a driver's moving on, like we might even see it this year. If Lewis doesn't sign a new contract with Mercedes. Like we may even see them start to like push towards Russell. Like that. Happens we talked about sports. that on our last episode. It happens. happens. It does happen. You're right. It happens yeah, in yeah. all sports. Mm-hmm. So that's right. a, that's like, a cool thing to note. Yeah. yeah. Is that with NASCAR or motorsports, <laughs> we see the trends from all different sports uh, in terms yeah. of just what it's like being a athlete and a potential superstar or just being within the media. Like yeah. there's people want to go to different places. People want more money, less money, like all those factors that come into it um, definitely revolve around NASCAR, but getting more so back to the betting aspect of things. Um, I'd say it's, it isn't that difficult this season. It's definitely easier to bet NASCAR this season than it was last season. The reason is okay. guys have control over this new car in its second year. Um, I'd say the only Probably difficult thing is, you know, certain guys have to get adjusted to the new teams that they were on. So um, one driver, for instance, Tyler Reddick, he won three races last season. He was actually in the car that Kyle Busch is now in, um, <laughs> and he goes to Toyota. But he he struggles. Like early on this season, he, he was one of the most dominant drivers, could have won the championship, ultimately he didn't. But this season, nowhere in sight. You know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. you know, at, one, at, at some point during the year, I'm thinking to myself, this driver will turn things around. Like he's not, he's not a bad driver, but he's just with a new team and they have to figure things out. So I think with NASCAR betting, thinking back to last year is crucial for the guys that have changed teams. 
Okay. So NASCAR betting sounds like it's tougher to pick winners. That overall, that seems like the the general consensus. So and we talked last time, you're picking multiple winners for every race. Um let's talk about this upcoming race because uh Formula One aren't till next week. So we have this coming weekend, we have a NASCAR race. We have some Formula One drivers in the in the field as well. Uh, are you picking any of them to do well? And uh, what are you what are you looking at? Where'd before before we get to predictions, I just want to ask you, Tino, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to have the same question. You're so hyped about this weekend, and I love that. I love seeing the passion ooze out of you. And when I did a little <laughs> bit of research, knowing we're going to have this podcast, I've seen all over the internet people are hyped about this weekend. So what makes this race specifically so special? Yeah, so this weekend we're at Circuit of the Americas. Uh, right, that right there is just oof. Like it's that just an awesome good. road course. Yeah, yeah it sounds good. It's just it's a really great track. That's number one. It's appeasing to the eye. Like, you know, some tracks you go to is just a circle of asphalt, right? But this yeah. one, you know, you're going up a hill, you're going down, you're going left, and you're also going right. So NASCAR doesn't always go right. So being on mm -hmm. a road course is the first exciting thing. And then it's just the attention NASCAR is getting. We mentioned earlier that it's a niche sport. So for them to have drivers that are international, F1 champs, open wheel specialists all coming into the sport is phenomenal. You know, Jensen right. Buttons is racing, Kimi Raikkonen, sorry, but like, uh, I just oh, get man, that's all amazing. these different. Yeah, yeah. It, I think really Circuit cool. of Americas is on the F1. I'm almost certain it's on the F1 calendar. I think the be. U.S. Grand Prix is at Circuit of America. Yeah, the Circuit yeah, of the yeah. Americas. It totally is. Yeah, October yeah. 22nd. That's why they're coming in for this race. They've literally driven this course in F1 cars. Exactly. So they have That's a chance awesome. to win. Yeah. They, well, for And we look at a guy, too, and it's not even just the F1 drivers. There's a driver. Do you, I'm, I'll ask you guys. Do you know Jordan Taylor? He's a, um, he's a very big personality, um, but he's also a... Um, he, he raced in supercars or sport cars within the IMSA series. Now, I well, I he, well, okay, so That's now you, this week you will if you want to race. Yeah, now so now you know of him, but. What I want to mention about him is because we mentioned, oh, this is a track that's on the F1 schedule. This guy in the supercar series, he's, he's running. He's won at this track twice, finished in the uh, second once, and then finished seventh another time. Like four starts, two wins, a, a second place finish, and a top 10. So this is a driver who ha not only has experience at this track, but has great, like has is good at it. He's good at the track. <laughs> Literally, so now, clearly knows it. Exactly. So the, like what's going to be interesting to see, and it's not just with him, it's with the F1 guys. There's an IndyCar driver, Connor Daly, in the field as well. So with the international and diverse group of drivers that are coming in, can they win? I'm going to say no. <laughs> they can't win. They, they're, they're, they're not going to win <laughs> okay, this weekend. Fair, I, I hate fair. to bring down the vibes. <laughs> But, you brought the hype for a little. I'm glad you let us live in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's going. It's definitely going to be exciting. But I want to. I want to talk about that. Like why they really can't win. And we used to call the when this this stuff has happened before in NASCAR too. This isn't like a first time thing where we see drivers come in from other sports. It's happened before, which is awesome. You know, sometimes you get one driver or two drivers coming into a road course race on the NASCAR schedule. And they call those guys road course ringers because they're the best road course. They way better than any NASCAR road course driver. But are they any better than a NASCAR driver in a NASCAR stock car? Yeah. The answer there is no, because that's when they have to learn about the car, learn about how to drive the car. It's way different than driving in an F1 car, in an open wheel car, in a sports car, right? So I think that factor, just the experience level is so hard to get through if you yeah. are a driver racing in nascar for the first time and sense. we yeah right like we we want to call these guys like the road course specialists because they are but do they really have that chance to like are we really going to call them road course ringers that they're going to go out and win the race <laughs> i don't see it because it's it hasn't happened really ever there has been um drivers in nascar that race nascar cup series full-time and have won um 
at road courses while previously being open wheel specialists and things like that. But that's after, you know, the full season grind of getting used to the car and thing and, and having to race throughout the entire season. So with these guys doing the one-off races, I definitely am going to take a look at, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, the value of top five, top tens. It's definitely there for these drivers, but outright winners, <laughs> it's not going to happen. We're looking at 25 to one, uh, hundred to one on, on Jensen button. I believe like <laughs> yep. definitely uh, stay they don't away. really have a chance, uh, but this concept itself is really cool. Like, I think it's awesome. It's kind of like an all-star weekend uh, for motor motorsports fans, right? Like a you have bit, yeah. all-stars from different sports. The way like I, I would think of it is like if in MLB during the season, they just invite the best cricketers from around the world. To come in and play an all-star game of baseball. Uh, I, yes, those guys are all-stars in cricket, so it won't translate exactly to a baseball, but they still possess some of the same skills. Um, and then it's kind of like a showcase for the international audience, which is which is awesome. I think this is a this is like the most excited I've been for a NASCAR race, um, and I've Agreed. watched two in my life too, and nice. both of them right. have been because of you. So those of you listening, I hope you guys are feeling the passion ooze out of Tino here. And I hope we get a couple bets. Why don't we get into that a little bit? We can get out a couple bets for this NASCAR weekend. Um, if Mayday, you don't have anything else, any more questions well, about it? Uh, no, I was just going to say that like, I'm it, this is a good, it's, I, I very much think this is a good idea at the very yeah. least. Like, my eyes are going to be on it because there's two formula one world champions there like that is whether they're going to be capable of winning or not my eyes are going to be on the race and that is a win for motorsport and a win for nascar and uh like that's just very simple um so tino give us some value all right so this is, this is my favorite part here um we'll start off with the guys who have a chance to win this race outright kyle larson is the favorite now i'm taking a look at my phone here because the odds actually just updated because they just had practice right so we were talking about practice we're talking this is perfect we were talking about the yeah. odds and and things to the strategies to look out for well they just finished up practice and the odds have shifted kyle larson who was the favorite coming into this weekend still is at plus uh, 650 Tyler yep. Reddick was a driver who I was mentioning he was struggling all year well he didn't struggle in practice in fact he's the <laughs> fastest car so now this was a driver Ooh. who I believe yeah I wasn't even really like I he's a great road course racer but I was like yeah the struggles I don't know if I can buy him at a 18 15 to 1 where he was that's where he was around and guys plus seven and a half to one now yeah exactly <laughs> so that's <laughs> really crazy to see that that jump there from him just because but i mentioned it before too like if you start in the top five or top you know top driver on the pole you're gonna have the best chance to pull away and something that i'll mention here is with nascar um they normally have these stage cautions where let's say you get through uh, the first 60 laps they'll just have a caution break just to put the guys back together and make it more exciting but on road courses they're no longer doing that so it's going to be just green flag runs and you know we could see a caution here or there but nothing that is scheduled so nice. this weekend if you're the fat yeah i really definitely agree with that here and it's also i mean caution laps at a road course are brutal because you have to go it takes so long to take the guys all the way around the track and clean up the mess and everything like that that goes into it but getting back to our best bets for this weekend at coda uh ross chastain he won this race last year he's eight to one to win it again this week i do like that value but i will have to say it was his first win last year and he bumped a couple guys out of the way to get it done so i think he will have the skill and the speed to make this a top three top five run again but it took a little extra last year to make sure he got the win i'll say it like that so i'm not too sure if he's going to be able to repeat repeating in nascar whether it's winning back-to-back -back weeks or back-to-back -back years is something that's tough, but it is something to keep in mind because if a driver was good last year, odds are he's going to be good again this year. Yeah. But my favorite driver this entire weekend is going to be AJ Allmendinger. He's 12 to one still right now, which is what he was at the beginning of the week. Great, great value because this is a guy who's won 12 times on road courses in the NASCAR national series. Yeah. And he's at 12 to one. 
So twelve times. I, to me, that's where my money's going this week for an outright winner. It's going to be AJ Allmendinger. This was a driver that going into the final turn last year at Coda, he was in position, and that's how Ross Chastain actually won it, bumping guys out of the way and getting the win there. <laughs> so he's not Ross is not a well-liked amongst the NASCAR group, but you know, there's some drivers that are more aggressive than others. It's, it's hey, man, you don't like, got to uh, be well-liked. Yeah, Max yeah, Verstappen's a fucking little shit. I don't <laughs> know what to say. There's no other way of putting it. <laughs> but this AJ, AJ Allmendinger, um, mm-hmm. it's almost like a revenge tour kind of thing too, right? Like you mentioned, he was turning the corner. In his, in his head, he's probably like, I'm going to win it. I'm going to win it. And then the other guy like, quote unquote because it's not cheating but it's like against the unspoken like rules a little bit of racing uh he he did he quote unquote cheated to get the win and steal it from him so i love that look because i'm a big revenge tour kind of guy i love revenge games especially like in the sports i bet on when players going up against their old teams or against players that they have a little bit of a beef with and in this situation the guy seems to have a little bit of a beef he, he was close to winning last season. You mentioned he, he has a great record on road tracks. All of them are fitting. Like, all of them are fitting the mold. I'm ready to, to lock in a plus 1,200. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. You, and you should be. Like, that. that's exactly my thought process, too, um, is, like, this is a driver that is normally good. And he's uh, also, I will mention this, too. This is a huge point about this driver. Last year, he was not racing full-time in the Cup Series. He was in the lower level. Uh, He's an older guy, but he was just getting back into racing sort of thing. He retired, came back, whatever. But now he's racing full-time. So he's a driver that races in this specific car, which is the the Cup Cup. The Cup Series is the guys we always talk about. Uh, I won't even mention the lower. We're not ready to to dive into, like, the minor (laughs) leagues of NASCAR just yet. But we'll get my point is he's super like ready to win this race because of how used he you how used he is to this car, like how much he's now comfortable in it, um, racing it in, in this car every week rather than what was a one off race for him at that point last year. He would race in only a few. Um, but looking at top tens now, going off that point with AJ Allmendinger, OK, he's he's 12 to one to win this rate out, re- win this race outright. But. He's minus 230 for a top 10. Stay away from that. And and that's why it even encourages me more to bet on him to win because of, you know, people see how what his value is for a top 10. But when I look at top 10s this week, we go back to the diverse field of drivers that will be joining us this weekend. Are any of the specialty guys able to pull that off? Well, let's take a look here. So for me, I'm scrolling down this list, and Jordan Taylor is plus 175 to get this one done. He's got a couple wins at this track. I mentioned this to you, but not only that, he's racing in what normally is the fastest car in the field. Okay, so how I can explain this one to you guys. Chase Elliott, who races for Andrew Motorsports, the best team, he broke his leg. And it wasn't in a race. It was actually in a snowboarding accident. And so he's out for six weeks or so. And now it's been um, – that's been uh, news for three weeks or so now. So he's, he's almost out of the recovery process. He will return sometime this season and have a shot to win the championship. But my point is Hendrick Motorsports sought out Jordan Taylor, who was actually testing with them and for a different car and a different program, and they're going to bring him in for this race. So that oh, car that cool. he will be driving is top-tier equipment. It's not like it's like, you know, because there's certain levels to NASCAR as there are in F1, right? Like we're yeah. going back to the to comparing the two and the, the similarities that are between them, right? Like this is like the best road course racer being put into a Red Bull car, in my opinion. Wow. Like that's just that Hendrick is Red Bull. We mentioned that earlier. Like cool. to, to give that guy a shot is going to be awesome. I think he gets a top 10 plus 175 is amazing value. I believe he was at plus 300 early in the week. So luckily Tino already got his bet in there, but there's still time for you guys. Um, I, I'll have to check and see, you know, where, how practice results went. But, you know, that to me is the guy's already got the, the even with him, he's already has a practice laps. He's already raced at that track enough. If we want to go for the Iceman, 
Kimmy, right? Plus 430. That's also great value because at the last road course race, uh, that Kimmy raced in, in a cup car, which was his first attempt. He was yeah. racing within the top 10. I was watching. I was there in person watching that race, and he was hanging in top. He was strong, like high, as high as seventh, I believe. And he just kind of got into an accident, bumped out of the way into the wall, you know, and maybe a lack of experience there in that later stage when that happened to him. But at a track like this in his second uh, appearance, the type it. of car he'll be, yeah, the type of car he'll be racing. Oh, it's on the same team as Ross Chastain who won this race last year. So he'll be in good equipment as well. Jensen button won't be don't bet on him. He's not in good equipment. <laughs> He's a great driver, but I just, I really, I, I think if he finishes top 15, that's a win. It, honestly, if he finishes the race, that's a win for any of these guys that are trying it for the first time. But um, just the, if we're going to look at equipment and we're going to look at the specialty drivers, Jordan Taylor and Keeney are the two guys that I'm, I'm really having my eye out on this weekend. And how many of those um, outright winners are you taking actually like putting money on? Which ones? Um, out of the specialty guys or just in general? No, no, just the outright winners, like the ones that you met, you you hit us with. So I already, I'll admit, I already put in a bet for five guys. Okay. okay. <laughs> because that's just sort of how. But with the now, keep in mind the odds. So it will like yeah. that's how things kind of shake up. It's like, oh, Tino, that's a lot of winners, but depending on who wins, I'm I'm making back whatever I put in. You see what I'm Correct. saying? Because the odds are yes. so high in NASCAR. Yeah. So just want to put that out there. But I, oh, So I'll, I'll read off the list. Uh, AJ Allmendinger, that's that's the guy we like a lot. He's my first pick. Austin Sindrick, this is a guy that is specific to road course racing, kind of grew up racing um, sports cars, but he's uh, he races for Team Penske, so that's a Ford top three team. So he's got Hendrick, Joe Gibbs, and Penske. Honestly, I'd move, put Penske in the second spot right now because there's more Fords than Toyotas in the field. Chevys, that's like the primary um, car. There's, I believe, 20 Chevys in the field, and then the rest are a mix of Toyota and Fords uh, somewhere around there. Then, yeah, I put in for Ross Chastain this week as well to get the back-to-back. That one's tough, but he was plus 800, so it's like you always got to take a look when it's something uh, like that. Chase Briscoe is a driver where he's 25 to one, but could get it done. This was a guy that won one of the stages at this race last year. He was in position to win. I remember he got involved in an incident where his car spun around in one of the turns, wasn't able to come back from that. But that's something to look at for sure um, is value from him. But I mean, the one driver that I'm for sure adding to my bet slip is is Tyler Reddick. Um, to, to be the fastest in practice is something that we mentioned before, and it just goes to show that we weren't lying. <laughs> like, like this mm-hmm. is for sure. It comes full circle here, right? We're talking about practice and, and things to look out for, and I'm going to apply that to my bet slip this week by adding Tyler Reddick. Um, it's just the value there. I wish I, I wish I would have known he was going to have fast car earlier in the week, but sometimes you just don't, right? This was a driver no. that kind of came out of nowhere Which based off his luck this season. Exactly. And that's why practice is important. And those guys are the drivers I'm looking out for this week to, to get that outright win. What about um, top three finish for AJ Allmendinger? Like, I know you, you said avoid the top 10 because there's no value there. Is this a situation where you're like, if he's getting podium, he's winning the race? Or do you think there's a chance he like stays within it the whole time and then gets like a second or third? Because at plus 350... That's another bet based off of what you're telling me that like I'm interested in, in placing value. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely uh, that's something I, I did do as well. It was top three bet for AJ Allmendinger. The value is there plus 350 um, for a driver that I think for sure is going to win the race. I think you have to do that. Like, and that goes to another strategy with betting NASCAR that I didn't mention before was there are certain drivers that I'm super high on throughout the week to win, but not Every driver can win the race. That's obvious. Yeah, of course. And normally, I don't want to be sitting there like, oh, no, my guy's finishing second because that happens to me all the time. <laughs> so one thing that you you guys can definitely consider is betting top three, uh, top ten as well. But for the drivers that you're really confident about, it doesn't hurt to put a little bit on a top three because if they finish second and they finish third and you didn't bet top three, you're not making money, but you were yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like for me, that happened. That honestly happened last week. I bet top three for a couple of my outright winners. And for the only guy that I didn't, he finished second. And I, it, was wow. so, it was one. Co- yeah, I got passed <laughs> on the last corner. 
I finished second the last three weeks and a couple, only a few times I've, you know, made the money from the top three. So that's on me because anytime you pick an outright winner, I believe if you're, if you're confident in that pick and the practice results go with um, the trends there, you should be able to utilize the top three value. And <laughs> if anything, you're at least getting your money back or getting some money, you know, yeah. from that. You're, it's just not an outright loss. Um, or you can double your money. If he wins and gets a top three, you're getting extra. So definitely agree with AJ there. I think in terms of how his race is going to go, quickly I can just see it playing out as he'll be in the top three all day. The only thing that's going to knock him out is if there's a restart at the end, someone gets too greedy and knocks out the leader, and then some underdog guy takes it and wins the race. That's really how it happens at road courses. The guys can pull away, but if there's a caution late in the race, you're going to see someone dive bomb, make it three wide going into the first turn and mess everyone up. So hopefully that doesn't happen. (laughs) And I know we don't want to put all our stock into one driver, but I see another prop here with (laughs) Alvin Digger involved. Um, This one may seem a little safer than like predicting his prediction head to head between Almendinger and William Byron. Uh, it's a it's just a head to head matchup. Whoever finishes better. Almendinger is at minus one Oh eight. Is that a good place to kind of way to like, kind of put a safer bet in or is William Byron also going to be competing for this title? That's a tough one. I'm a fan of head to head each week, but comparing that value to things like a top 10 or, yeah. a, or a top three at times, I would definitely lean towards, um, you know, the the podium or the top 10 finishes. But in this situation, I don't think it's a bad route to go in. William Byron's not the best road course racer. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. He has won at a road course before, but that was a couple years ago. Um, AJ Allmendinger is the guy. Like, he has the 12 wins. He's always consistent. It doesn't matter if he's a full-time driver or not. He has the results. So for me... I think I'm going to triple down here and say, put that one in as well. I really uh, am high on AJ this week. The only thing that, you know, is tough with the head-to-heads is the caution factor. Like, there could be a wreck, and then your your guy could be leading all day. There's a wreck. He finishes last, and William Byron finishes second to last, and you lose. But if that's the thing we're thinking about, then I think you yeah. should be inclined to place that bet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I was looking at the Formula One thing, and honestly, there's not the races until next weekend. There's no point in trying to talk about winners because it's there's nothing. There's nothing there. There's nothing there's on no the board. Max Verstappen. Yeah. No, there's nothing. There's nothing there. So that yeah. basically wraps this episode. I, that's like, unless there's anything else you want to get out there, Tino, Mergy, either of you guys, like that's that's it for me. I'm. I think we killed a lot of information, and uh, there's tons of value out here for you guys to be betting on. Na- Big weekend circuit of the Amer- circuit of the Americas at NAS in NASCAR, and uh, next weekend we have the Australian Grand Prix, which is taking place in the evening, which is going to be so fun. I'm so much so looking forward to it. So um, that's it for me. Anything else? Anyone? Thanks for I being here. Good. I, I, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I thought it was super cool to see that you know in NASCAR practice a driver that we talked about you know yeah. actually were like <laughs> literally was listening to this podcast and you were able Had to it on it. in the car yeah it was perfect <laughs> yeah as he's driving it that to me was that's why you know everyone listening or watching should be tuning in because the things that we're saying are are true like you know it's like we were mentioning the strategy looking at practice looking at qualifying well cup cars just had practice this guy's value just went down and that's something you can consider so I mean, all my picks are out there. I'll be, you know, keeping updates and everything on my socials. You know, my that's right there at Tino Patino. But it was great time talking all motorsports with you guys. And that's all I got for this week. So, yeah, good luck. <laughs> well, everybody, enjoy the racing weekend because this is going to be a huge weekend in NASCAR. And then the week after, we got F1 Australia as well. Make sure you guys gamble responsibly. Listen to all the tips we're giving you. Uh, the biggest thing that I want to say I learned from this podcast, if I want to kind of put it all together, is that the window for finding value in betting on motorsports is very small. You kind of have to pay attention to when qualifying starting, and then you really have 
just the next day or so, um, not even sometimes the next hour or so to find value before practice, uh, practice is done, before qualifying is done. Um, and then you can kind of go from there. Um, but other than that, guys, gamble responsibly, enjoy the racing. And most importantly, let's cash, baby.